What do a vice president, a truck driver, an accounting manager, and a high-level executive have in common? Sounds like a bad joke. I wish it was. Sadly, it's not. They're all perpetrators of various types of PCARD fraud. Our guest, commercial card industry expert, Recharged Education's Lynn Lawson, is joining us today to share some real-life examples of card fraud that has occurred at organizations just like yours. Of course, she'll also educate us on how the fraud could have been prevented or at least detected sooner. If you think that your employees would never play games with their company credit cards, the numbers tell a very different story. Make sure you stick around until the end when Lynn shares one example that has occurred at almost every organization, including most likely yours. All right, Lynn, so let's dive right in with your first story. I love this Okay, story. we're gonna start with uh, an executive. He was the CEO for a nonprofit organization um, and it was one that assisted low-income people. It's almost like it makes this whole thing even worse. worse yeah. um, but it took years. I mean, within a multi-year span, he spent thousands of dollars every month using that company card for yeah. personal purchases. Uh, it was a new car. It was uh, expensive yeah. trips, uh, gifts for different girlfriends. And so, you know, you start to wonder, like, okay, who was monitoring things? Uh, there was a local then... Um, government local organization that uh, fulfilled some type of audit role. Uh, but I have to say, it made me wonder initially, like how frequently did these audits even occur? Or did they? Well, exactly. So let's, I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, you know, when I, and I get all my details, you know, from the news stories, of course, right. and, and maybe there's more to it. But uh, when I dug into it, there appear to have been no documented card program policies and procedures. So here you go. That that is a one um, you know thing you have to have. And people might be going, of course, who listen to this, but not every organization is that thorough. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really seemed like this guy had free reign just to do whatever it was that he wanted. Um, you know, and and what also made things worse is it, supposedly he bullied his employees. Mm -hmm. He had fired some if they started to ask too many questions about his activity. Um, he had the backing of some local politicians, uh, some of whom were on the organization's board. You know, again, this was a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, to top it all off, when, um, you know, things were getting a little hotter in the kitchen, the heat in the kitchen, he claimed unfair treatment. Oh, you know, people were, were unfairly, you know, uh, approaching him. So fast forward, you know, he did end up pleading guilty to uh, 16 mm -hmm. counts of fraud and theft. Um, and there's a lot of evidence. So. Uh, you know, I want to just go through like, why, why could this have happened? I mean, you know, again, no company should ever hand out company credit cards without rules and you need ongoing monitoring and right. no position, job position should be exempt from oversight or disciplinary action. I mean, it's so sad, you know, especially in this case, you might think, oh, well, you know, they had this, this board, um, but how active were they really? And, you know, that audit or the organization uh, department that was supposed to be auditing, that needs to be established, you know, with a very um, consistent, structured um, schedule. And, you know, not just that, I mean, audit to me is, is sort of that third piece of, mm -hmm. of card fraud. Uh, there should have been, you know, the board's oversight on a monthly basis at a minimum. Mm -hmm. You know, so every organization um, needs to have, you know, have that in place. Uh, also, you know, you have to have a way where employees can bring their concerns, um, you know, anonymously, perhaps uh, right. regarding, you know, especially when you start talking about that C-suite, you mm -hmm. know, is there a way for employees to express their concerns? Because as I mentioned, when employees did question him, 
he fired them. Right. And, and so that is not useful one bit as we no. know. And, and I think we know from past studies done by the, um, uh, was it the Association, Association of, of Fraud Examiners? Yeah, certified yeah. fraud examiners. They say consistently that it, it tends to be a hotline of some sort. Yes, that is anonymous what, hotline for the for uncovering things like this. So, mm -hmm. um, you know that that should have been in place. Also, you know, before anyone um, gets a card to use for business purposes, besides those policies and procedures, there should be some kind of sign off that the employee, again, no matter what job level. Um, it is clear on what the rules are and, and what might happen if they break those rules. And it should say something about um, the rules are in effect for everyone, regardless of job position, age, gender, ethnicity, you know, you got it. Everyone mm -hmm. needs to be uh, treated fairly. And of course you have to follow through on that. You know, it's one thing to have a document employee sign that, that say that, but if you um, give certain people preferential treatment, you know, that's not going to work no. well for your organization either. So no. that was the biggest thing. There just, there was no policies and procedures, no auditing, no oversight, and it went on forever. And boom, here we are, um, the organization. And, and to be honest, I don't know if the organization even exists anymore. Right. Uh, but, you know, he ended up pleading guilty. Good. Uh, I believe the next uh, story you have to share is about a multifaceted fraud. Um, and again, uh, by a VP. We're working, by the way, Lynn and I talked before, and we're working down the corporate ladder, if you will. Exactly. I mean, we're just, we're demonstrating that uh, fraud can happen at all levels, mm -hmm. uh, executive on down the line. And that, that's what we're doing. So here's an example, um, and I think this is very common, where mm -hmm. if somebody you find is committing one type of internal fraud, um, it, it's very likely possible that they are doing something else as well. That is, their fraud is not limited to one avenue. Mm -hmm. And so in this particular example, there had been a uh, vice president um, for a healthcare company and uh, he had falsified um, mileage reports or, or submitted false mileage reports um, he submitted false expense reimbursement requests. And you and I know, Mary, um, why do they even have expense reimbursement requests? Everything should go on the card because it's right. easier to catch things. But they still have to account for them. Right, right. And then and then to top it all off, um, he did use uh, the company card for personal purchases. I'm so sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, and, and he did finally, you know, plead guilty um, to, you know, theft by swindle. Um, you know, he'll be serving prison time. Ooh. But, you know, this is a story where, it went on for more than 10 years. <gasps> I mean, this is really crazy. And based on this particular state's um, laws, there was only a five-year statute. Mm -hmm. And so what they could charge him with was just a chunk of the dollars that he spent, you know, um, or, or used or obtained, you know, mm -hmm. fraudulently. Um, it looks like, you know, this exceeded $700,000. But because of that state statute, I think um, it just had a address right. maybe around 400,000. Right. So, you know, it's a big chunk. Right. Um, you know, this is a case, you know, so you know what, you know, what his crimes were. But, you know, here at one point, he was one of the top two employees receiving um, the highest mileage reimbursements. So, mm -hmm. you know, that right there would, you know, make you question things, right? You know, look at the people who are, um, doing something the most, whether it's the most mileage or the most expense reimbursements or the, the highest card spend, you know, that, that can be a, a red flag to um, send you into maybe a, a little bit of a research pattern. Just, just do a little, just check them out. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, and, and in fact, um, this healthcare company, you know, they informed him of his status. They reminded him that there was a company car available for his use and he declined. <laughs> 
Of course. Of course. And nobody questioned it. You know, I mean, so ugh, that just that that made me shake my head, too, you know, given yeah. uh, what was going on. And then, um, you know, things started to kind of unravel for this gentleman when they noticed um, his reports were um, different or disproportionate to other employees within the organization. Right. And, you know, that had to do with, um, to the, the mileage and the expense reimbursements. They did some research finally that showed, um, revealed conflicts between his calendar and his usage of, you know, like his company um, mm -hmm. ID card, you know, for getting in and out of the, of the company. It's like mm -hmm. he was in the office for the same times he was supposedly. Mileage in. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I suppose it. I don't know if there are easy fixes for this or easy yeah, reporting, but, you know, I think that's just another sign. It's not just a card issue. Um, mm -hmm. You know, does your organization have ways to do some of this spot right. checking? You know, if right. you do have, you know, the, the secure ID cards for getting in and out, do you ever compare with, um, you know, when they claim, uh, you know, for expense reasons that they were out of the office? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that would be a good thing. Um, you know, and, and there, you know, just all sorts of fabrications from there. And then when it came to, um, you know, his expense report, he was claiming to have paid um, out of pocket to a particular printing company. And he was compensated. That's a no, no right off the bat. What's that? That's a no, no right oh, off the bat. Well, exactly. Um, you know, he, supposedly he spent more than $300,000 with this particular company. Well, once the investigation happened, they realized that none of the checks, you know, that he was putting forth as, as proof of, of his out-of-pocket expense, they were never issued to this supposed vendor. Mm. Um, and it had been a real vendor, but not for many, many years, yeah. <laughs> you know, so no one even bothered to check that out. Who is yeah. he paying? Why is he paying it out-of-pocket? He's got a company card. You know, this is to me, again, just real lax in terms of monitoring. Right. Right. Uh, Nobody should should pay an invoice themselves and then put in for reimbursement. And any time that happens, you should be on them all over them. So it happens once. Exactly. If it's, if it's legitimate. Well, exactly. So, I mean, I mean, you're beginning to see why this went on for more than 10 years. Yeah. Uh, when it came to the the card, um, you know, card fraud or, or personal purchases, he was making purchases for um, a lot of you know event tickets, uh, um, season tickets, mm -hmm. sporting, you know, professional sports teams. Mm -hmm. um, he even would convince um, you know whomever he was buying the the season tickets from, he would convince them to split up the charge into uh, more than just one flat charge. Um, in an so effort. he went under his limit. Exactly, exactly to disguise it. And I know um, pretty much every organization with. Uh, their card policies and procedures, uh, you know, will indicate that you, you know, or, or flat out say, you know, we prohibit card um, transaction splitting, you know, and that's what we're talking splitting? about. Splitting, right, right. right. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's harder to catch. Um, I mean, you need, you need to have good auditing mechanisms in place. I mean, right. that, that's the bottom line. But, you know, again, even with the initial questioning of what this man was doing, I mean, they never really followed through. I mean, they Nobody, tried to it, give right. Him, right, wanted to push the issue. Yeah. You know, so I think you, um, you know, you have to audit your mileage claims. Um, you need to have even a policy that enforces use of a company car. Right. Car. Now we're talking right. car, not card. Uh, you know, when when he, if someone is taking X amount of, of, of different business mm -hmm. trips, um, it's just like you said, don't um, reimburse employees for supposed invoices that don't have, you know, that have right. no um, connection to a, a business trip. Um, you need to pay attention to your vendor spend. You know, in the card world, you know, if I'm, um, you know, paying different vendors, I mean, as a program manager, 
you should see who is all this money going to. So that's card or invoice. Related. It also makes it hard to do uh, actual versus budget. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not going through AP or even the card program. That I bet you that those that money never got allocated to the right budget category. You have to wonder about that, you know. Yeah. So then you can say, well, then why, you know, okay, setting aside the audit component, which every organization should have, why didn't a budget person um, start to question it exactly? Yeah. So it, there were just all these um, holes that allowed it to happen, and yeah. you know, people seem to be so afraid again to, to question. Oh, it's someone above my job level. Right. You have that's to have issue. mechanisms. That's a, that's also an issue. Exactly. So, but if I recall from what you were telling me before we started, that's not the craziest fraud you've ever run into. <laughs> well, you know, we're just making our way down the line, Mary. Uh, yeah. uh, you want me to just dive right into that one? Yeah. And this is an accounting manager, I think. A there was an accounting manager. Yeah. Uh, more than $12 million stolen oh, over um, six years. Oh my God. And this is one where I have always said that the truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Um, he, this guy was a former accounting manager um, for a university um, in oh, the right. southeast part of the United States. He did um, eventually plead guilty to this. Um, but besides making uh, lavish personal purchases um, with the university's card, he um, he got cash for himself through a unique source. So let me let me let me tell you. So he okay. started working for the university um, back in like 2000, uh, 2006. But it looks like he didn't start um, his crime spree until maybe 2014, right in there. And, you know, in, in terms of the, the card purchases, the personal purchases, it were it included things like a relative's wedding expenses. It was chartered yachts. Um, it was, you know, home renovations. I mean, all of these things that really should have stood out had anybody right. been monitoring uh, his, his um, expenses. But the majority of the stolen funds went to, are you ready? Um, mm -hmm. An adult website. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'll call it here and, and keep this right. nice. <laughs> yep, yep. So he laundered money. Um, there, there On this website, uh, one of the profiles, one of the workers um, happened to be the fiance of one of his relatives. And so apparently he used the university's card to pay the woman that he recruited to help him with this, um, this scheme. Um, so he would pay her, she would keep part of it and then kick back to him, um, you know, the rest via a check. So then that was all happening behind the scenes. Tech wise, you know, this thing that I'm describing about the money laundering, I mean, at one point, supposedly she um, sent him a check that was more than $18,000. Mm. I mean, we're not talking about 500 or 2000 right, right. here, you know, just crazy. And it wasn't until, um, you know, several years later, six, seven, whatever it was years later, that management noticed um, a sizable increase in their expenses. You know, can you imagine that? And, and this is where, uh, you know, an investigation was started and he was terminated. But, um, you know, there were so many control gaps, you know, by the time, like about a year after he started committing these crimes, he had complete control of four card programs. And he had the sole authority to obtain new cards for whomever mm -hmm. and change spend limits. And it appears nobody was monitoring, you know, the new cards being issued. No one was monitoring when spend limit um, increases were taking place. So that's huge with separation of duties. Right. I mean, even if you're a small staff and mm -hmm. you maybe you have no choice but to put most of this power, or all of the power into one person's job role, there still has to be reports that management is looking at. There still yeah, has to but be. But you know, Lynn, he got on average $2 million a year through the card program, that's not such a small organization. 
Well, right. No, this is a, this was a larger university. So, I mean, they should have had adequate personnel to have some sort of separation of duties and audit. Oh, absolutely. No, for sure. Um, you know, and the other part of it with him having been an accounting manager, he was falsifying um, journal entries, you know, <laughs> so he would disguise the charges on, on the university's card to look like legitimate business expenses. And, you know, this is another separation of duties problem. Right. You know, he shouldn't have been able to edit transaction information. Um, you know, That's, somebody I hate journal entries for that. Well, reason. I mean, and, you know, you can go directly to the card issuers reporting mechanisms, you know, go right to those Right. Um, you know, systems to pull reports, and then you can compare it with what's ultimately ending up in your accounting systems. Right. Say, hmm, the top vendor, according to us, is Staples, but over here, it's an adult website. You know, right, right, that, right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if anybody had even that, nobody except for him reviewed and approved um, card transactions. You know, yeah. and, and this is where there should always be like a manager approver is what mm -hmm. I call it. That is one functional job level, at least higher than the cardholder. Right. You know, and, and that manager person. And I know what you're going to say. Managers don't look at stuff very faithfully. They should. But, that's that's the flaw. Well, they should. And then if you have a strong auditing program, you know, behind it, then that will catch what a manager, um, you know, might overlook. or right, miss. Right. So, you know, you've got that. But, you know, it was clear to me, too, that, you know, the auditing um clearly wasn't done or it was so ineffective that it allowed this type of behavior to go on for years. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, again, really points out uh, another, you know, budgeting problem. Um, you know, no one was monitoring until later. Why have we spent, you know, all this money um, regardless of where it was, but yeah. you know, higher than the budgeted amounts. So. And he had access to too many things, not only with the cards, but the journal entries. And right. oh my God. Yeah, no, right. this shouldn't have happened whatsoever. No, and not for as long as it went on either. No, I know. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. And so I know people listen to stories like this. And I'm not, I, let me say, Mary, cards are a very good product. Right. But they have to be well controlled. Right, right. <laughs> so these things happen when you do not have the right controls. Right, right. Yes. And, and I mean, it's like auditing 101 or accounting 101, whatever you want to call it. One person should not have... Uh, control over all the different aspects. Exactly. Right. I mean, these are basic things. And, right. you know, do not give me the excuse that your staff is too small. Right. Yeah. Right. Not when you lost $2 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Enough about that. We could probably rant and rave forever. <laughs> sure. So uh, you have one now, a, a more common one, one that won't raise our eyebrows as much. Well, right, right. And at the, you know, at the beginning, you mentioned, um, you know, it was a truck driver. And before you think, oh, we don't have truck drivers or, right. or any kind of, it doesn't apply to us. Well, yes, it does. Because the the bottom line action that he was doing, um, you know, could be and probably has happened at some point within your organizations, no matter their job role. But this was just, you know, a regular employee um, who was basically filling up the gas tanks of friends and family you know, using uh -huh. the company card. I mean, it's as simple as that. You and you have salespeople all over the place who have fuel cards. Well, right. Company cards for fuel. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, and I've got other stories too that you and I are not even talking about where it is. It's like, let's, you know, buy this for, you know, sister or child right. or parent or whatever. Uh, you know, here, you know, this is where the, the man's boss ultimately mm -hmm. did catch, um, well, he noticed the man's boss noticed suspicious um, activity. You know, mm -hmm. he noticed that the fuel costs had increased on average monthly, you know, by thousands of dollars. Okay. You know, again, that's your tip off. If the spending suddenly goes, whoop, you know, and especially if you compare it to the past or compare it to other cardholders in other departments with similar jobs, 
you know, and, and, you know, obviously as a manager, you might not know what's happening in another department, mm -hmm. but you can manage your own department. And then the card program manager and or the auditing function should be seeing across the organization or company when there are some strange spikes mm -hmm. and, you know, who the, the, the biggest spenders are and, and for what reason. And it, it should be um, questioned, you know, and then in this particular case, this is fuel specific now. But again, what he did could be any type of um, employee, any type of purchase. Right. But with the fuel, um, it was revealed that, you know, of course, this was unleaded gas and, <laughs> you know, his company vehicle was diesel. Right. I mean, that's a dead giveaway. Exactly. If exactly. somebody looks. Well, right. You have to look. You know, and this too, you know, I just say going back to PCARDS 101, recommended controls, clearly defined, you know, uh, roles and responsibilities, you know, make sure that manager knows what um, what his or her role is when it comes to supervising cardholders activity. Uh, you know, they should at least be spot checking. And, you know, it wasn't until something really, you know, became um, glaring to this um, manager, this boss uh, take action. Uh, but I think, too, you, you have to have that training, you know, um, mandated training that goes beyond just policies and procedures, um, train managers on red flag behaviors mm -hmm. um, that should warrant, you know, further scrutiny. And it's, you know, you have to be careful not to jump the gun, you know, don't right. accuse someone of fraud, right, right. but know what types of things are reason to um, initiate some kind of investigation or research. Uh, you should also be looking at just your spend controls. You know, should this man, should any of your cardholders have lower limits? You know, right. are their limits too high for what they're supposed to be buying? Right. You know, you really have to think about that. Um, right. And then it's even. Not, oh, he's a vice president. We can't give him a $500 card. Could yes, be. We can. Well, right. I mean, I mean, that could be the thinking is, is what I'm, yeah. I'm getting at. Uh, but then too, you know, is it the right type of card for the employee? So what I'm getting at in this case, but now this again can apply to any different um, situation, there are different types of commercial cards for different types of things. Mm -hmm. In this case, if he had had a true fleet card, you know, something that has some additional controls like right. unleaded gas versus diesel, right. um, that could have stopped it right before it started, really. Right. So, you know, why didn't this organization, you know, have the right type of card? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, then I'll just say, you know, again, you get into um, the right reporting for department managers, for those manager approvers that can help them, or at least hopefully help them more quickly identify any mm -hmm. out of the norm spending behaviors. Um, and then that P card program manager has to be doing something too, as well as the, the audit function. So lots of things. I mean, if, if you take nothing away from this, clear policies and procedures, mandated training, you know, train everybody in their respective roles, hold them accountable. You know, look at reporting, have a, a you know, another separation level of, of duties, separation of duties. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you come away with nothing else. So as Lynn has mentioned, there's a lot of different cards and there's been a lot of different innovation over the last few years. And in fact, re Lynn recently identified 11 different types of commercial cards that are now in use. She joined us for a short video describing each type, which you can watch right now. And you probably should using the link that will appear momentarily on your YouTube screen and is in the description below. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up as they help us grow. And the more thumbs up and comments we get, the more YouTube shares this recording and others with people who might like it and might benefit it. So a big thank you to everyone who takes the time to click the thumbs up button.